Hello and welcome to the One Trust Talks Tech podcast. This is episode number 17, recorded on October 2nd, 2023. My name is Roger Dean and I work on the product team here at One Trust and I am the host of this podcast. Uh, in this episode, we're going to talk to Barclay Bogages, who is a product manager on our third-party risk management team, about how we're working with partners to provide more risk data in our exchange. Just a quick reminder, as always, that this podcast reflects OneTrust's current expectations for product capabilities. Be advised that dates and features may be subject to change and should not be relied upon when making purchasing decisions. Okay, now I'd like to welcome Barclay to the podcast to talk about um, third-party risk. Welcome to the podcast, Barclay. Hey, Roger. Thanks for inviting me. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for coming. So I know we've just released or announced a couple new uh, third-party vendors that we're using to help with our risk exchange, but maybe just give everyone a brief overview of what the exchange is all about and, and why we're doing that. Sure, absolutely. So over the last couple months, we've made a strategy shift with our third-party risk exchange to switch it away from being a more of a assessment-based service to be a data-driven service, where we're really aggregating data from several partners to provide data points that you can use to kind of drive automation workflows and more informed decision-making about your vendors. So in the 9.1 release, we added data our enriched data from Tealbook, which provided firmographic data for our vendors. So all of our vendors in the exchange now, we're up to 117,000. Wow, that's have a lot. Some level of firmographic data from Tealbook. And all of those 117,000 have L1 and L2 security scorecard scores, which is fantastic. That is fantastic. So, um, you know, I was just talking to someone at Trust Week last week, and it was a lady who was a purchasing agent. And she said she's part-time user of OneTrust, and she's so frustrated with assessments of her vendors and having to send out and chase, chase these vendors down and how they don't respond and don't respond and was hoping that we could help out. And I know we used to do that, but we don't do that anymore. Is that a really common scenario that we're hearing from our customers on, on this whole doing vendor risk assessments and how hard it is to get them to respond? Yeah, absolutely it is. So one of the things that we ran into with the previous iteration of the exchange was it exactly what um, the that uh, the woman you're referring to was the same issue she was running into, right. where basically we would sit with a, we would go request assessments on behalf of a customer and you know we can't make the vendor respond. And so you know we had you know some some success with getting people to respond a little bit better than maybe a customer would, but we still had a lot of times where the vendor would be non-responsive or refuse to do a wow. full assessment like the customer wanted. Wow. Um, so making part of the reason to do this shift was we know that there's there's some degree of assessments or questions that need to be answered by vendors still, but there's a better way to do this in terms of really tailoring what we're asking the customer to or the I'm sorry the vendor to respond to. And using these data points that we have, we can and the dynamic assessments piece that and the question library they're in base TPRM, we're able to kind of tailor what we're asking. So, for example, if the security scorecard um, application security score drops 10%, we can sit down an assessment with very specific questions tied to you know application security and say, hey, we we noticed that this dropped. We want you to answer 10 questions on application security rather than you know 100 or 200 questions sig light or any assessment like that. Yeah, I would think that the vendor would be much more likely to answer 10 questions than seeing that 100 questions on an assessment and just have to thinking what a nightmare to go through that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so getting back to Tealbook and Security Scorecard, what's the difference between those and, and why are we working with these different vendors? Do they all so kind of offer something unique? Sorry. 
Yeah, they, they all offer something very unique to us. Um, some of them have a little bit of overlap in terms of the cybersecurity space, and that can kind of depend on, you know, if some of our customers are already using Risk Recon or Security Scorecard, they may want to stick to that, or just kind of whatever their risk tolerance is, they can, we want to give them options. But right. yes, we want to kind of increase the breadth of data that we're offering to our customers. And one of the other big things that we had kind of started to understand from our previous iteration of the exchange was we had, you know, the ability to go request information from vendors, but we were missing some key things in terms of being able to provide like that vendor's address or that vendor's country or the size mm -hmm. of the company. So things that make it easy to identify and work with the right vendor. Um, so that's what Tealbook is helping us do. So they're providing that base level of firmographic info for being able to identify who you're working with and who they are. And if something changes in terms of their office space or if they get acquired, we're hoping that Tealbook's going to be able to continue to provide us information in terms of those relationships in the future. Um, and Security Scorecard is really our, our main partner here in terms of driving the, the automation data that we can pull into the exchange that you can use to build out these workflows to send out dynamic assessments. Got it. So again, we have 100% coverage for all of our vendors in uh, the exchange from Security Scorecard, and we're looking to bump that up for our other partners as well, now that we have the new data set live. Nice, nice. And, and just for my benefit, so if that security, if that rating from security scorecard change by a certain percentage, I assume that's configurable, then I could, in theory, kick off an automatic risk assessment or kick off some sort of action based on that scorecard changing, right? Yeah, absolutely. You could send out a, an, a preset assessment. You could send out a assessment based on a specific tag in the question library and make that a dynamic assessment. You could even just set a task if it's only a small drop to just for somebody internally to review and kind of maybe reach out to the customer via email. Wow. So we have all of that customization available that's in base TPRM and we're just using that exchange data to enhance that. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, firmographic, that, that is a word I'm not familiar with, a brand new word. So what is that? Is that just like their kind of their information about where they are and how many people they are, that kind of thing? That's exactly right. So just being able to kind of identify them, identify the domain that they kind of use as their website, which is used as an identifier for a lot of these security uh, companies that are providing data. And now we use that as well. So that each domain, each vendor in our exchange has a unique domain. Ah. So it's previously, you know, we, we'd get notifications from customers that there were duplicates and they didn't know which vendor to add from the exchange. And now that we've added that domain piece, that should no longer be an issue. Oh, nice. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then I see that we've also got a partnership with Hack Notification, which is based on my background a lot, is really interesting to me, or uh, sorry, not Hack, Hack Notice. So what is that all about and, and how is that integration maybe different than what the Security Core, core Card and the Teal Book does? Sure. So Hack Notice we have is an integration right now. So any vendor that you can see in the exchange, because we have domains for that, you can go and see a historical list of officially reported breaches. And that means any breaches that have been reported to a government entity. And so that's available on the exchange for anybody that has access, and they can go through and scroll that historical feed. Now, Hack Notice does provide other types of breach data. Um, we're just not pulling that in right okay. now. We're mm -hmm. kind of still going through the process of understanding what our customers' risk tolerance is. Do they want to see things that have been, you know, kind of pushed out to various dark corners of the internet? Right. And how much do we want to surface that in our tool? Uh, but we're expanding the functionality. We want to be able to bring in alerts. Um, we know that that's a big piece of it because, you know, we need to be able to act on, you know, these data breaches. So being able to incorporate email alerts that would potentially come out on a daily basis and notify you if anything in the last 24 hours or so had happened to your vendors that you have connected to the exchange. Right. I would think so. that timely timeliness of that could be important because if 
as we all know, many of the breaches that have occurred at large companies in the U.S. Target and a few others, it was a, it was a third-party vendor that caused that. And if you, if you need to act pretty quick if something like that has happened. Um, so I, I'm sure that that being timely and and also things like you just mentioned, you know, officially reported. I just heard that Sony got hacked again and they were like, we think we got hacked. We're not even sure. We don't know what data has been captured or anything like that. So, you know, those are the types of warnings that you would hope that we would get. Yep. That's been where we plan to take it in the future is to be help customers be very proactive and reactive in a timely manner. Yeah, absolutely. Um what about the future? Like, you know, we've done some great stuff here and, and, and this new process of automation is awesome. What, where do you think we're going or what's the plans with the exchange moving forward? Moving forward, we're, you know, we're, the biggest thing for us is making sure that we have coverage across all of our vendors from our partners. So right now, Security Scorecard and Tealbook are the ones where we have 100% coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, the next step is making sure that our other partners start to expand that coverage and so that we're providing more data that can cover more vendors so that all of the rules are applicable applicable, excuse me, yeah. across all of your uh, vendor inventory. Yeah. And then we're going to continue to evaluate new partners as well. Like um, in this 10.1 release, we're making generally available rapid ratings as a um, as one of our data sources. So they're providing financial health data. Um, it's a small subset of our vendors that are going to have this to start. Um, but this is just another another way for you to evaluate vendors, right? It's being able to see, you know, what was their financial health report data over the last couple quarters and how can we use that to drive decisions? And, you know, again, bring that into automation rules. If that changes, you know, I can set up a rule that kind of either, you know, reach out to the vendor and say, what's going on here or set, send out an assessment. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Just continuing to build on that. And then um, really, as we've started to launch this, it'll be, you know, getting customer feedback and seeing what our customers want next and how, how the exchange can empower their third party risk. Yeah. I guess uh, if, if someone's out there and they, they see something that they, or there's a vendor that provides information about <laughs> a vendor, um, a partner of ours that would provide information about a vendor that we aren't capturing uh, then they can submit an idea in the ideas portal to say, hey, can you, we integrate with this um, with this third party to get vendor information? It may be specific to a vertical market or, or a country even or something like that, right? I mean, that's kind of where we're going. Absolutely. And, you know, there, there will be cases where we, we pursue a full partnership with them and there'll be other cases where, you know, we, we just work with that partner to build out an integration so customers that have a license for that partner might be able to just integrate, integrate directly into TCRM. Oh, that's TCRM. cool. So yeah. We like to keep that flexibility as yeah, well. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. Um, so look forward to more integrations and more automation. Well, the automation's already kind of built in with, with the current product, but... Um, Sounds sounds like we're going in the right direction, and and hopefully we'll see a lot of customers adopt this. Any any other thoughts that you'd like to to add before we wrap up? Um, we're just very excited that we have an, a nice new clean set of data. Um, it took it took a while to get here. We we knew that there were some some struggles from the customer side, but we are pretty confident that we have a a better set of data that will really empower customers to make better decisions with their vendors. That's cool. So Yeah, 117,000 vendors with all that information. That's really awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Barkley. I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast, and um, we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Roger. Have a good one. Thanks. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks to Barclay for coming on. Uh, Just a quick reminder or notice that I am going to be out next week on vacation. So we will skip next week for the podcast and we'll pick it back up the following week. 
Thanks to everyone for listening. And if you have any comments or feedback, please email us at podcast at one Talk to you in a couple of weeks.